Okay, let's get started with Parshas Vayetze, Tough Shin, Ayin, Zion, as we get into the real stories of Yaakov and Esav, and we had it already last week, and not Yaakov, actually not Yaakov and Esav, but Yaakov and Lavan, and the Shvatim, and Re- Rachel and Leah come onto the scene, very exciting Parsha as we have here. We'll start off with the end, and then we'll get back to the beginning, spend most of our time probably on the beginning of the, of the Parsha, the first section, but we'll start off with the end. The end of the Parsha, Perak Lamadal of Pasuk Zion, the Torah tells us what is Yaakov's reaction after the deal um, with ha- having to deal with Lavan uh, all the years, says Yaakov to his wives, I see that your your father's not, the, the face is not the same, right? It's not the way things used to be. Your father's tricked me. He's a liar. He's a trickster, right? He's, uh, I, I can't deal with him. And the Pasuk says that he tricked him, Aseris Monim. Ten times, right? Ten times. Rashi says, A Monim Pachos Me'asara. So Rashi's the Gemara, the Pasuk says here that Ace, uh, Lavan tricked Yaakov ten times. So the story goes as follows. Quoted here in the Pinia Torah, it's quoted in other, um, Sources as well. The Alshech HaKadosh, we know, was one of the greats of Tzfat in the same time as the Arizal. The Alshech used to give drashos, and the Arizal used to come listen to the Alshech's drashos, because they were out of, out, of, out of this world. Right? Sometimes we read some of the Alshech, it's uh, somewhat Kabbalistic. That's why the Arizal uh, liked to go to his drashos. But the, one time, it was Parshas Vayetze, and the Alshech uh, is darshaning this Pasuk. And he changed the tricked me ten different times. And the Ashok is giving a drasha, and he's going through. The Ashok figures out exactly what were the ten tricks. How did Lavan trick Yaakov ten times over and over again? And he's going through this whole drasha. And the Ashok sees the Arizal in the front row, as he always is, smiling and shaking his head. And, you know, saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's uh, right on, right on target. And... And after the drasha, the Alshach asks, you know, thank you, I, I see you enjoyed it, but was there a special reason that uh, that you were smiling tonight? Why were you smiling? Why were you like almost laughing? Says the Arizal. Lavan himself was forced by God to go to the drasha of the Alshech HaKadosh, and to admit his guilt. And he was listening by the door. He really wanted to leave, but he had to stay by the door. And every time the Alshech said it, Lavan had to shake his head. Yep, that one I did too. That one I did too. Says the Arizal, that's why I smiled. Just to see Lavan having to admit to his guilt. So, that's the story of the Arizal. Right? The, the uh, Lavan Harami right? came into the Drasha to hear the Drasha. There's other stories that all the Avas and the Imos, they came to listen to the Alshach's Drashas. Ramosha Alshach. Okay. Now let's get back to the beginning of the Parsha and get to some other parts of the Parsha which are more 
uh, things that we can learn from in the Nigla, not just the Nistar. So we start off the parsha. Most of what we'll talk about is in the first Aliyah tonight. Vayetze Yaakov mi Beersheva, Vayelech Charona, Yaakov leaves Beersheva, and comes to Charon. Vayifga b'makom, Vayalan Sham, he is pogea b'makom, Chazal Darshin ain't pegia el etfila. Yaakov is misakin tefilas arvis. Right? We're not going to focus on that this year. Vayolan sham kivashemesh, and he rests there because the shemesh, the sun, has set. Chazal Darshin that it was not the normal time for the sun to set. That's why it was surprising. Vayolan because the sun went down. Vayikach me'avne amakom vayasem merashosav. He takes from the stones of the place. He puts it around his head. Vayishkav b'makom hahu. That is the Pasik that we know of. If we look at Rashi, Rashi quotes the famous Chazal from Meseches Chulin, va, he puts them, Mira'ashosav, Asa'an, he puts the stones, Asa'an kemin marzev saviv rosho. he puts it as a protection around him. Sheyarei chayos he was scared of, of wild animals, which makes us think that they must not have been tiny little stones because that wouldn't have protected. Maybe it was a little bigger than we thought to actually serve as some kind of guard. But either way, his chilumarivo zuumzu. The stones start arguing with each other. Zoso meres, Rosho. One of them says, oh, no, I want, I want to be the one. I want the tzaddik to put his head on, on me. The, the stone says. Vizoso meres, And the other stone says, no, me. And they all start fighting. Kaddish Baruch says, I can't have this. Miyad asa'ana Kaddish Baruch evenachas. So he takes them all, it says Avnei, but later on it says Evan. When he wakes up, he takes the stone. What happened? It used to be stones, and now it's the stone. And So Chazal Darshan that it all became one. What's the message for us? What are we supposed to take out of this Rashi? Okay, Achtos, they're all fighting to do a mitzvah. Gershbarach will help them out. Says the Mesul Shisharim, if anybody's ever opened up a Mesul Shisharim, the Ramchal, one doesn't have to go so far into the Sefer, Perek Aleph, to be able to see what the Mesul Shisharim does with his Rashi. You have to read that through the Hakdama. But after the Hakdama, which is Chovas Ha'adam Ba'olamo, you get to Perek Aleph, and that's where the Ramchal says as follows. Source number two. Ve'im tamik od be'inyan, tir'eh, ki ha'olam nivra l'shimush ha'adam. You know what the message of the Rashi is? For us to realize that everything in this world is for us to use to serve Hashem. Amnam hu omeid b'shikul gadol. But it's really in a balance. Kiyama, it depends how we use it. Or if we are used by it. If we get swallowed up in the world and we get distance from Hashem by being involved in the world, I ruin my life and I ruin all the hashpa that I have, the negative hashpa that I have. That's if I misuse the world. But if I can control myself, and I stick to Hashem, and I use everything around me just to be a help to me to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I could uplift myself, and then everything around me is uplifted. My family is uplifted. My friends are uplifted. My neighbors are uplifted. My shul is uplifted. All if I could uplift myself. Hine, 
Ilui gadolu labrios kulam. And all the creations and creatures in the world, their ultimate essence and destiny is to be used by man to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kulam biyosa misham shei ha'adam ha'shalem ha'mekudosh b'kdashoso yisbarach. Right, remember the, the story of the two cows and Eliyahu Navi by Eliyahu Bahar Carmel and the Medrash tells us that one of the cows didn't want to go, he didn't want to be used by the, by the Neviyeh Habal and Eliyahu whispers something into his ear, don't worry. This animal is being Mekadoshim Shemayim and this animal is being Mekadoshim Shemayim. You're not burning is also being Mekadoshim Shemayim. You're also serving a purpose. And the cow started walking. Says the Mesul Yesharim, everything in life is to be used and that is exactly what is mentioned about the light, the special light that Hashem hid away. Samachi, put it away. Because that light is going to be used. That's some type of light that we can't even understand. But now, line 12, What does it mean that they were fighting that they wanted Yaakov to lie on him? We don't have to take that literally. But we could say it means that in a certain conceptual sense, every item in the world is crying out to be used to serve Hashem. Every chair in the world, sit on me and learn Torah. Every, every, every dime, every shekel in the world, use me to do a mitzvah. Everything in the world is, so to speak, screaming out. Right, as the, as the Mishnah at the end of Perkyavas quotes, everything is the chvodoberativ. Everything is for his kavod. That's what we get out of this, this Rashi. All the stones are screaming. Line 17, the Medrash in Koheles. B'shash HaBarakadosh Baruch Adam Arishon, when Hashem created Adam. Nitalo v'achziro al-kol ilanei Gan Eden. Hashem took him around and showed him every tree in Gan Eden in the whole world. V'yamarlo, re'ei ma'asai kamano imishubachim Look how gorgeous, look how beautiful. Meaning, before Hashem told him, and this one you can't eat from. Hashem told him the four million trees that he can't eat from. And this one, look how beautiful and gorgeous and tasty. And this one and this one, meaning it's all for you, Adam. It's all for you to enjoy. Hashem told that to the first man, because it's really the message for mankind. Don't mess up. I've given you so much. Adam messed up. But we learn from Adam. Adam is all of us. This world is not the goal. This world is a means. The rocks were means for Avram to sleep on, to have the dream of the divine. And we find throughout Chazal, explains the Ramchal, the same message over and over again in different ways it's described. How this world is a pruzdar. That's the language used in Pirkei Avos, also the Gemara Zara, Hayom Lasosam Today is to act. In the future is to get the schar. Misha Tarak Be'erev Shabbos, Yocha B'Shabbos. Ho'om Azeh Domaliyah Bashav, Olam Domaliyam. So many. But it's all the same idea that this world is really just a stepping stone. That is what he does with the Rashi. But then continues the Ramchal as we turn over. As we turn over, he says, let me prove to you that it can't be that the world that we see in front of us is the goal, but rather the means, everything we see around us. On the top. How could you say that what we see in front of us is the goal? 
Somebody has shalva. Somebody has has a, you know a wonderful, amazing, all full, fully, full of simcha life. So how long does that go? Seventy years is the is the goal of eternity. Eighty years is the goal of eternity. And most of the time, explains the Ramchal, things aren't perfect. Nobody has the perfect life. Everybody has their own package and peckle in terms of every layer of their existence. Sicknesses and tiredness and headaches. And after all that, after 120, then what happens? This is it? This is the goal of life? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we believe in a Creator, then we believe this is it? Some people have trouble, some people don't have as much trouble, some people have trouble in this area, that area. It's impossible. Any thinking human being has to realize that what's in front of us is not the ends. Number one. Number two, says the Ramchal, below Ode, line eight. If it was all about this world, why do we need such a neshama for? We all recognize that there's something spiritual inside of us. There's a soul. There's something that connects to the spiritual. We all we feel it once in a while, not as much as we hope to. We feel it once in a while when we have a good tefillah, when we have a good mitzvah, when we feel good about doing things for somebody. So we feel it. So what would be the purpose of such a uplifted, pure neshama for this world? The neshama is not happy being here, right? The pasuk Bishop says in Perkei Avos, line seventeen, al The neshama doesn't have a, a, a choice in the matter. Kodesh Baruch Hu sends the, the, the neshama down. Obviously, it's to bring and to gather, and then ultimately. Go back to the future. And he continues towards the bottom, 36. It's all to gain for the future until... I brought the end of it because it just interesting connects to what we discussed last week. And we have to work on ourselves so much that, third to last line, We have to try to be as strong with our connection to Hashem like a magnet. Like a magnet, Rav Yeruchim last week. The compass, right? It's always to north. We always have to have our, our, our sights and our antennas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like that, like that magnet. That's the goal of our life. To use everything to connect to Him. Whatever we could use, your dofacharav, yochezbo, and grab onto it, below your peyu. And we think about the generation we live in. Yes, we live in a generation of terrible tumah. We live in a generation of, of unbelievable challenges that have never seen the likes of these challenges in the history of the world. The, the, uh, the, what we could have in our homes and how easy it is to have tumma in our homes. But we have to think on the other hand, never has it been easier to learn Torah and to connect to Jews wherever one is on any point on the planet. They can listen to almost every Rebbe they want to on any topic they want to, even a year from 20 years ago. That's unbelievable. The power, if we use it properly, the power of spreading Torah. When somebody gave Shear in the days of old, what was the greatest number of people they could reach? A couple hundred. How big was Velazh in his heyday? And now somebody could give a Shear, thousands and thousands of people could connect to the Torah. Unbelievable. That's what we learned from the rocks. The rocks were screaming out. The computer could scream out, use me for Kedusha. Use me for spreading Torah. Use me for positive. We have to use everything that we have in the world for Kedusha and for Torah. Okay. 
Moving right along. Obviously, if anybody's listening to this, they're obviously already using that for Kedusha, but uh, let's continue. Says the Torah in the next Pasuk. So all the rocks are one, and now Yaakov has his dream. Bayachalom, and he dreams. There are many dreams in Sefer Bracious. Here's one of them. As we get to many of them over the next couple of weeks, and we talk about Yosef, and we talk about Paro, but here is Yaakov's dream. The ladder, the, the, Rosh, the head of the ladder is in heaven. Angels going up and down. Angels going up and down. Just parenthetically, a one-liner that one of my Talmudim sent to me today, there are by Pelkovitz, Shlita, mention, why do the angels need a ladder? If the angels are going up and down, they don't need ladders. Don't angels have wings? Whatever angels have, they don't need a ladder. Maybe the message is that even angels have to go step by step. Even the angels shouldn't go and jump farther. Obviously, it's just a mushal. But maybe that's the message for us. Even the angels go step by step. Okay, let's continue. So the angels are going up and down. So who are these angels? Olim v'yordim bo. Says Rashi. As we know, Olim t'chilo v'acharkach yordim. That's interesting. They're going up first. We would think that usually angels, or the, the source of angels are in are in heaven. It should be Yardim Olim. Why is it Olim Yardim? So Rashi quotes Malachim Shelivuhu Ba'aretz in Yotzim Chutzlaaretz. The Eretz Yisrael angels were taking leave of him. They're going up and Ba'alul Rakia, the Yardu Malachi Chutzlaaretz Lelavoso, and then the Malachi Chutzlaaretz are coming down. Again, in the days of old, the Shulchan Aruch even quotes that there used to be Tfilos that we used to say to the Malachim that accompany us all the time. Right, and then when we used to go to the bathroom, we used to have to say, you know, stay here for a little bit, please don't leave, I'll be right out. Right, we don't say that anymore because we're not on that level of consciousness. But this is the this is the uh, Chazal Rashi quotes the Malachi Eretz Yisrael and the Malachi Chutzla Eretz. Says the Svasemis in Tuf Reish Samach Aleph, source five. Says the Svasemis, just like there are angels in space, there are angels in time. Amru Chazal, Malachim Shilivu Be'eretz Yisrael, Alu V'yardu, Malachim Chutz La'aretz V'hulu, D'yesh L'chol Mako Malachim Yuchadim. Says the Svasemes, V'chein B'b'chinas Hazman, Yish Malachim Shabbos, U'malachim Chol. There are Shabbos angels, and there are weekday angels. There's Kedusha, wherever there is Kedusha, there are Malachim. Right, we do a mitzvah, we create a Malach. Shabbos and, and, and weekday have their Malachim. And space, this Kedushas HaMakom, Kedushas HaZman, Kedushas HaGavra. Pamach, as he quotes, various psukin that talk about different types of angels. He quotes, some of them are talking about Malach of Yitzavalach, Ki Malach of Chol, Lushmarcha B'chol Durachecha, Chona Malach Hashem Al Yom HaMenucha, Dechzib Be'al Yetzi Yishbem Komo. So he references psukim that they talk about um, the angels. V'hakol in Yanachar, line 14. It's all the same idea. Malachim. Relating to Kedusha, space or time are related. We, Jews, we are Shlichim of Hashem to serve Him. Angels are Shlichim of Hashem to serve Him. We're different people on Shabbos and Yantif. Right? We're different people. Angels are different. There are different angels in, in time on Shabbos and Yantif. As we quoted. Says this Fasemes, and we quoted this a couple of months ago last year, but it's on this week's parsha, so we're doing it now. 
That's Shalom Aleichem. V'chein Omri B'Shab is Kodesh. Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharis. Who are we saying Shalom Aleichem to? To the Malachim of Shabbos. Shalom Aleichem. We want to give everybody a Shalom. We give the Malachim a Shalom Aleichem. The Malachim that are, are accompany us to our home, as the Gemara talks about in Shabbos, what Shalom Aleichem is based on. The Tachein Lefarech. And then it's possible, says this Fasemes, the question that has bothered many, why are we saying Tzayischem L'Shalom? What is Tzayischem We want them to leave already? So we quoted this last year. We quoted from the Pritzadik. We quoted from Reb Tzadok. In, I gave it to you again in source number six because we can't not quote the Reb Tzadok. Reb Tzadok says, a different shot. Why do we say Tzayischem L'Shalom? Because Shabbos is so holy and so special, even the Malachim can't be there. We're having Yichud with HaKadosh Baruch It's just us. It's like the Yichud room. Nobody can be here. Not even the angels. That's the Rabbi Tzadok's answer that you quote in, this, in Surah number 6 in the Imre Baruch. He quotes the Pritzadik and he quotes an expansion of it also. He quotes based on the Zohar. Ube Shabbos, Sheyesh, His Galus Atika. At the time of the Suda, angels, thank you so much for your bracha, but now it's just me and God. Now it's some private time at the at the Suda. And he quotes in the continuation as well. So that's one shot of Tzayischem L'Shalom. We tell the angel to take, ask the angels to leave because it's just us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Others, the Chida and others, I didn't give this to you, mention that maybe we're not asking them to leave, but we don't know when they're going to leave. You know, we're going to about to have our meal. I don't know how long they're going to stay. So we say, whenever you leave, you should have a Tzayischem L'Shalom. You know, whenever, thank you, stay for as long as you want. Feel free. I might not be here. I might not, you know, be... Be focused when you when you are ready to leave. So it's Eichel Shalom. But says this Fasemes this year's this thought. No, push it. Shalom Aleichem is to the Malachi Eretz Yisrael. Tzayischem L'Shalom is to the angels of Chutz Laaretz that have now left, and therefore says this Fasemes. That's who are we are saying Tzayischem L'Shalom to. That's what he says on line 19. V'itachin l'fari Tzayischem L'Shalom amalachei chol sheolon l'malah. But first we say Shalom Aleichem Baruchem L'Shalom because first we welcome in the angels of Shabbos. And then we can say goodbye. Even though in our Pasuk, we'll get back to this in a minute, uh, in our Pasuk it says that the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael left first. Olim. And then the Malachim, there was no overlap. There was no overlap. Here, why do we say, so first we should say Tzayischem L'Shalom first. And then it would be really strange when we sing Shalom Aleichem. And then Boachem, no. Ach besofa parsha. But remember, says the Svasemis, at the end of the parsha, by Machanoyim, the Malachi Eretz Yisrael come first. Because they can't hold themselves back. When Yaakov Avinu is coming back, right, he meets uh, groups of angels, the last Pasuk in the parsha, right, they come back. So that's why when it comes to bringing in Kedusha, so there's an overlap. V'lachein b'vo yom ha-Shabbos, Malachi Shabbos yoradin, v'yacharkach Malachi chololim, u'kemochein b'knisas Yaakov Avinu, Eretz Yisrael. So the Svasemes gives us an insight into Shalom Aleichem and into the Malachim uh, that we have, not only in space, but we have Malachim in time. Okay, related to this is another part of Rashi. Another part of Rashi is actually on the next Pasuk. Says the Pasuk. We're going Pasuk by Pasuk here. So Yaakov is on the rocks and he had a dream. And the Sulam, the ladder is going all the way up to heavens and the angels are going up and down. 
V'hinei Hashem nitzav alav, the Hashem is standing on, I'm not going to translate that, alav, Vayomar, Ani Hashem alokei Avram avicha alokei Yitzchak, I am Hashem, the God of your your, fa- your grandfather, the first thing he has in his dream, this is number three, we mentioned this two, a month and a half ago. The first thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to each of the Avos has to do with Eretz Yisrael. The first thing. First thing he said to Abraham, Lech Lecham First thing he said to Yaakov. What's the first thing? You see this land you're lying on? I'm giving it to you and your children. There's a one word Rashi. One word. Sometimes there's a phrase, sometimes there's a couple of lines, there's a one word Rashi. Pazit Yud Gimel. Hashem is Nitzav Alav, Rashi quotes, Li Shamro. To guard him. What is Rashi trying to tell us? Nitzav Alav, the Pasuk says, Li Shamro. Ask the Mizrahi. Right, one of the classic commentaries on Rashi, one of the earliest. Right, we have hundreds of commentaries on Rashi. The Mizrahi lived even early, he lived uh, 1455. To 1525. I looked up the exact dates. So the early, very early, before the, before the Shulchan Arach. So Mizrahi, that's the first, the first. Everybody afterwards quotes the Mizrahi, worked with the Mizrahi, the Mahara and the, and the, uh, and the others. But ask the Mizrahi, what's, what's the Lashamro? What is it referring to? Nitzavalav Lashamro, source number six. So he quotes it based on the Gemara in Chulin, which this whole story is fleshed out in Misech, Rashi's quoting, all the Rashi's here are quoting from Mesechus Chulin. Says the Mizrahi, quoting from the Gemara first. Perakit Tana. Olin, you know, let's ask it as a question first. Says the Mizrahi, maybe Rashi is bothered by a problem. What does the word Allah mean? In the Pasuk, how do you translate the Pasuk? V'hinei Hashem nitzav alav. If you look back to the previous phrase, the previous Pasuk, Right, sometimes there is a, a, a dangling a phrase that you don't know what it's referring back to. The previous Pasuk was talking about the latter. And now the Pasuk says, Hashem is Nitzav Alav. So one very good suggestion, what the Pasuk means is, Hashem is on top of the ladder. Nitzav Alav. Hashem is on the ladder, figuratively. And then he says, then Yaakov could hear. Or, Alav might mean not on it, but it might mean on him. Referring to Yaakov Avinu. Says the Mizrahi, that's why, that's what Rashi is trying to answer. Rashi in that one word, Lishamro, is answering the question. That it's referring to Yaakov, it's not referring to the latter. Though you might have thought otherwise based on the flow of the Psukim. And let me explain to you why I know that, says the Mizrahi giving Pshat to Rashi. Now let's read the Mizrahi. The Malachim are going up and they see Yaakov on the Kisi covered and Yardim Mustaklim Diokno Shomat and they come down and they see Yaakov on the human Yaakov. And they were going to endanger him. Doesn't exactly say why. We discussed that seven or eight years ago. What's the danger in seeing Yaakov up and down? Says the Mizrahi, Vahainu Aliba Damanda Amar, Alav Al Yaakov. I think that opinion is correct. It's talking about Yaakov. Yaakov needs Shmira. The latter is not on top. Mishum Let me tell you that the Pashas of the Psukim say like me that it's referred to Yaakov. 
and not referring to the latter, though it might have been read otherwise. What have we just spent time on on the previous Pasik? Olim biyordim means that there's no overlap. Olim, the malachim are going up. Yordim, the malachim are going down. The ain't the alaba malachim shall levia, levaya, shemalachim shall levu baaret inem yosim bechutzlaaretz, ulefichach alutchila viacharkach yordu malachim chutzlaaretz lavoso. Bechutzlaaretz. What's the problem? There's some time in the between that Yaakov does not have malachim with him. Malachim act as shomrim to him. Where's the Shmira? Pishem Nitzavalov the Shomra. Says Rashi, that's the Hemshuch of the Psukim. The previous Pazik says, Olam Yardim, Olam Yardim. What's the next Pazik Hashem is guarding? What's he, he's guarding Yaakov. Because he needs the Shmira in between when the Malachim are not with him. Ubeini Beini, Bein Aliyas Malachi Eretz Yisrael, Liyaridas Malachi Chutzlaaretz, Nishar Yaakov Lo Shmira. He's not the Zabadi Shmira. Right, we have Shmira, we don't even realize we have Shmira, because we're not cognizant nowadays of the Malachim that are surrounding us. Right? Once a week, when we're, right, right when Shabbos comes, we try to put ourselves into the position that we're recognized the Malachim. So we talk to the Malachim. Shalom Aleichem, Malachim, Baruchim, Shalom, we never talk to the Malachim the whole week. On Shabbos, hopefully, we could put ourselves on that level. But Yaakov Avinu was, he recognized. Shmira That's what you must say. Says the Mizrahi, what you can learn from one word in Rashi. There's nobody like Rashi in history. And one only has to open up a Meseches Psachim or a Meseches Baba Basra to realize how much Rashi jam-packs into one word or one phrase. The few Mesechtas that we don't have, Rashi, his grandchildren are wonderful, the Rashbam is great, but he's not Rashi. He's not Rashi, that's why pages and pages of Rashbam, because we don't have the Rashi, at least in Arvi Psachim, in the, in the end of Psachim. So we see it here, every word of Rashi is so unbelievable, is so full of meaning, and the Mizrahi gives us an insight into one. Okay, moving right along. Moving right along. Says the... One more thought related to the stones. Right, we're talking about the stones. Right, we continue saying that the stones uh, formed into one. A couple of psukim later, Vayashkim Avram Yaakov Baboker, Vayikacha so Evan Ashasamur Ashasav. He takes the stone, Vayasam Osamat Sevav, Vayisok Shemana Rosha. He pours oil on the stone. Sounds like the stone is like symbolic. He built a Matseva, a monument... Okay, he slept on it. Doesn't have to celebrate the pillow. Right? What does what this stone signify? So we already spoke about what does it mean that all the stones were arguing. But now we can focus on, so what does the stone signify? So let's go to a, another context. And we will come back and then see an unbelievable, beautiful medrash that is not so famous as compared to the other chazals and midrashim that we have been talking about. The Torah Tamima has a sefer, very creative, unique sefer on the Siddur. Besides the Torah Tamima on Chumash, besides the Tosefes Bracha on Chumash, he also has the Baruch Sha'amar on, on the Siddur. His name was Baruch, Baruch HaLevi Epstein. That's why he named the sefer Baruch Sha'amar, play on words obviously to the beginning of Psukah de Zimra. So there he, he meant, has a comment on the Shabbos morning davening. Friday night davening, we focus on Maisa in davening. Shabbos morning, we focus on Maimon Harsinai. 
Shalashut, Mincha time, we focus on Geula. Right? There's a lot of connections between those three. Shabbos, Maisev Reishas, Shabbos, Matan Torah. Right? Everybody agrees that the Torah was given on Shabbos. And Shabbos, Geula. So we say in the Shabbos morning, Ushnei Luchos Havanim HaRid Biado, V'chas Abayim Shri Rashabbos, V'chein Kasu Besarasecha. Fine, we say that in Davening. Ask the Baruch Amar. Why do we focus on the fact that the Luchos were made out of stone? What do we care so much? Shnei Luchos. Shnei, they happen to be Avanim. That's true. But why do we emphasize the fact that the luchos were stone? Shnei luchos avanim. Lonis ba'er. Lama sor seven. Lama hidgish misader atfila lomer luchos avanim. Ma yitrombaze. Umay nafkamina imayu shal avanim. O shal min mateches. And if they were metal, they wouldn't be, uh, metals in the Torah. O afilo shal kasevizav. Halo lafi erech pinimi yusamu kilonechshav. Who cares about what they were made of? The important point about the luchos is the inherent value in what is written on the luchos. As the Mishnah says in Perkayavos, Don't judge a book by its cover. Right? Don't worry about what's external. Right? It should be rather, you know, what's internal. So what do I care about? What it is made out of? Question one. Right? What's the emphasis of luchos Avanim. And Moshe himself emphasizes, line 7, Ba'alosi ha'hara lakachas luchos ha'avanim, ve'yitena shemilai eshle luchos ha'avanim. Right? Every time the luchos are mentioned, except sometimes it says the luchos ha'edus, but often it mentions the luchos ha'avanim. Ve'etnolachas luchos ha'avanim. Why? And also in Malachim, he quotes, when, Moshe, when Shlomo HaMelech brought the Aron into the Beis HaMikdash, finally, in the Malachim Aleph, he says, the, the, the Navi says, you know, what was in the uh, Aron? Rak shnei luchot avanim, asher Moshe. What's the emphasis of avanim? Question number one. Question number two. He answered this later, but let's ask it as a question. On line 18, he quotes the Pasuk in Koheles, I know that parak about Ace Lazer, the Ace Lazer, Ace Laz, Ace Lahashlich Avanim, the Ace Kenos Avanim. There's a time to gather stones and there's a time to throw stones. What does that mean? What is, what is, what is stones? When is there ever a time to throw stones or when is there a time to gather stones? When am I gathering stones? When am I throwing stones? The other ones are the list are pretty obvious. Ace Milchama, the Ace Shalom, right? Ace Laled. What does this mean? Two. Number three, and this will be the beginning of the answer. Sometimes people are called avanim. Right? We have Yosef Atzadik in Parshas Vayechi. Misham Ro'eh Evan Yisrael. Again, avanim playing a central role. What is the message of avanim? Says the Torah Tamima, says the Baruch Sha'amar, stones symbolize foundations. When you build something, the bottom has to be, we even have a phrase, rock solid. Rock solid. That's the foundation of an item. That's what a stone symbolizes. Line five. It's not just about the material. Right, Evan Pina, the cornerstone, the cornerstone of the school. Right, doesn't mean literally. It means what? Who is the uh, the one that holds up the school? Evan is the source, is the foundation. Yosef, 
Yosef HaTzadik is Evan Yisrael. He is the Tzur. Tzur. Tzur is also a rock. Same thing. Tzur Yisrael. Hashem is a Tzur. Hashem is an Evan. He's our foundation. Ubetor Luchos Avanim. So the Luchos are called Avanim. You know why? Because that's our foundation. That's our source. That's our rock solid. Right? Remember the Rashi at the end of Parshat Mishpatim? Rashi quotes Rav Sadigon, the only time in the Torah he quotes Rav Sadigon, that all the Torah is alluded to in the Aserah Sadibros. Somehow, if you, if you research it, uh, very well. So that's what it means. And he says, that's Ace Lahashlich Avanim, Ace Kenos Avanim. Maybe it's about Lahashlich Moshe Rabbeinu through the Luchos Avanim. Sometimes you gotta, it's, the, the, we're not worthy. So we have to be distanced from the Kedusha that we want. Moshe through, unbelievable. Lama Yashlichum, Pajgisisa, Vayashlich Miyadavis Aluchos. Same word used. Vizeo Eshlashlich Avanim Aluchos. Veis Knos Avanim, Romeis Lapajgisisa, Beluchos Nios, Vayikach Biado, Shni Luchos Avanim. I'm gonna gather them in again and we're gonna try again. Maybe that's the symbol of tshuva. Sometimes we fall, but we can always get up. Sometimes we feel like the luchos are being thrown away from us. But there's always a time when the luchos are going to come back to us. And then he continues, and now he says, okay, what does that have to do with us? He says there's a medrash bahir. What he says, sometimes called medrash, there are a lot of different collections of medrash. Some are more earlier. The medrash rabbah is obviously one of the earlier from the tanoim, but there are other likutim. So he quotes from the Medrash of Nechunya ben Akana in the Sefer Bahir, who quotes that the stones were fighting with each other. Does not say how many stones there were. Right? Some say there were 12 stones. This Medrash says there were three stones. There were three stones that were fighting. I want the tzaddik to lie on me. I want him to lie on me. According to my pshat, says the Baruch Sha'amar, maybe it means every Evan is a different Yisod. It's a different foundation that's arguing I'm the one. I'm the basis of the world. And when we see three and we talk about foundations of the world, we know what to think. And maybe that's what the fight is amongst the stones. Line 34. These basic foundation stones, Maribo Zumzu, were arguing with each other. Klomar. Hatora Olam. Each was saying that I'm more important. Right? Torah says I'm more important. Because if nobody's learning Torah, then forget it. The world was ceased to exist. Avoda says, no, I'm more important. Right? Line 40, 41. The Gemara in Tainus. Ilmali ma'amados, lonis kaimu shamayim va'aretz. Without the ma'amados, without the karbanos, the world would cease, without avoda, the world would cease to exist. And of course, Chesed comes along and says, Olam Chesed yibaneh. So they're each arguing, what does Hashem do? He puts them into one stone to teach us that all three are the foundation. You need all three for the kiyam. You need Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. You need Chesed, Avoda, and Torah. You need all three. And that's the foundations. And that's the Avanim. And that's the message of the stones. Okay. Moving right along. Same Pasuk. Again, we're focusing a lot on the... Every year we focus on different areas. We focus on the Shvatim a lot this year. We're focusing on this first early, first early story. 
Same phrase. Vihine Hashem Nitzavalav. So we've explained that's on Yaakov Avinu. What exactly does it mean? Vihine Hashem Nitzavalav. Hashem was there guarding him. Somehow it means what we call Hashras Hashchina. Right? The divine presence. There's Baruch Hu is with the human being with Yaakov Avinu in an intense way. And the question is, that is asked by many, we discussed this a number of years ago in a different context, but this year we'll see it through the eyes of Rabbi Lau in his commentary on Pirkei Avos, Yachal Yisrael. He asks, what does it mean that here in this passage, Hashem is Nitzavalav. Let me ask it this way, says Rabbi Lau. Doesn't it say that there's no full Shechina unless there are 22,000 Jews? And there are other sources that say that there isn't full Shechina unless there are 600,000 Jews together, and only then you can make the bracha of Chacham HaRazim. So what does it mean that there was, there was Hashem Nitzavalav? Hashem was with him. You don't need more than one person? Says Rabbi Lau, on the Mishnah that talks about this Hashras HaShechina with ten people learning and five people learning and three people learning and one person learning. So what does it mean? Source 9. My Osa Hashras HaShechina. What does it mean? Hamuvtachas l'shnayim ha'yoshim v'oskim b'torah. B'meh ha'davr mispabbe b'fawal. How is that expressed? Yetera mizos. More than that. Ha're'ein ha'shechina sh'orah b'nei Yisrael. Ka'sh'rei monim pachos b'shnei alafum sh'tei rivavos. We know. 22,000. That's the minimum. The Gemara Darshan's from the Psukim by the Midbar. So what does it mean there's Hashras Hashchina when I'm learning Torah with my Chavrusa in an empty base medish and we're the only ones there? That's not 22,000. Continues Rabbi Lael. Afal Matan Torah Nomar on the top of the next page. Matan Torah is described. I got a Sparachu with Maimon Arsina, there was Hashras Hashchina there. So how does that compare? And let's ask another question. He doesn't bring this one in, but there's also a Chazal that says that the Shechina never left the Kotel Hamaravi. Maybe there are no Jews there, and the Shechina never left. So what does that mean? Says Rabbi Leo, Ela she'yesh dargos begilu Shechina. Obviously, the answer is there are different intensities. There are different levels of Akadosh Baruch Hu's being Mashre his Shechina in this world. Sometimes it's in the form of a nace nigla, a revealed miracle, an open miracle that the whole world sees and the whole world feels. That was the ultimate, the most intense hashras hashchina. Even if you were nowhere near Har Sinai, you felt something. That's one level. Birds were silent. Animals. Nothing. Malachim. Nobody moved. Everybody was, was in shock. The only sound in the universe was Hashem giving the Torah. On, we can't fathom what that means. That the universe will freeze all the planets, all the, all the stars, everything freezes for a moment. Because time freezes. That's the most intense. 
We don't have that when we learn Torah. But let's go down a level. There's also in the base Hamikdash. We know the Mishnah tells us that Nisim that took place, miracles that took place in the base Hamikdash every day. That was another level of that was a less intense. It wasn't felt outside of that area, but that's another, the next level down of us of Ashrasashrina. Whoever came there was inspired. The ten Nisim as is listed in Perkeyavos. Next level, 22,000 Jews. This always levels down. And sometimes, explains Rabbi Lau now, there is Shechina Nisteres. Right? If there's no miracle involved, it's private, Hashras Hashechina. It's not visible. It's intangible. But sometimes it could be felt. Ulam Yeshna Metziah Shal Shechina Nisteres. His scholars Kudosh Hashem Lema'at Anashim Ten Jews, two Jews, one Jew, one Jew taking a sleeping. One Jew could get Hashras Hashchina. I should have brought it, but I, I didn't. Rev Salvechik has a beautiful article where he discusses how often at night he's up late at night learning, trying to to um, to, to figure out some uh, some problem in the Gemara and the Tosfos, and he feels a hand on his shoulder. And he describes the feeling of Hashras Hashchina that he feels as if it's a real father, not a physical hand, obviously, but he was so in tune with his spirituality. It was so real, just like he describes in a very famous piece, that when he learns, he feels like the Rabbeinu Tam walks in, the Ramam walks in, sitting at the table is the Shach and the Taz and all the great Bali Masorah, my favorite piece in all of Rosh writings. So he says, even the Hashras Hashchina, he feels it. But that's what's meant here in the context of Hinei Hashem Nitzav Alav. And he quotes the Arachayim HaKadosh who even says that if a person is focused, it could even be just like it says by Yechezkel. He had Nevuah outside of Eretz Yisrael. It's not Nevuah. But Yaakov Avinu is told by Hashem, I'll be with you in Mitzrayim. It's going to be harder to have a Gili Shechin in Mitzrayim. But I'll be with you in Mitzrayim even on a Yachid. As long as, as Rabbi Leo says at the end, also Yachin Mekadesh's Atzmo, if he sanctifies himself, he could even be there and have that Shras Hashchina even in, even in Chutz La'aretz. Okay. Moving right along. Let's get to another Pasuk. We've been on a lot of rocks and stones for a while. So we get to a little bit later, finally Yaakov starts talking to Hashem. Vayidor Yaakov Nadal Eimar Pasachaf. Yaakov makes a Nadar. Im Yehelokimimadi Hashem, if you stay with me, and you guard me on this way, I'm going, you know, I'm going to Lavan, and you give me food, and you give me clothing, and you bring me back home safely, you'll be for me for a God. We're not going to get into now, it sounds a little bit strange. If you help me out, Hashem, I'm, I'm with you right there. If you don't help me out, you know what? I'm not so... That's loyalty. Question not for now. But let's focus for a minute on the order. Rav Hirsch points out that the Pusik is in the exact opposite order than Birchas Kohanim. By Birchas Kohanim, we ask for the Bracha first, and then we ask for the Shmira. Yivarecha Hashem, the Yishmarecha. Yor Hashem, show me your face, Vichuneka. Yis Hashem, and then make it peaceful. What happens here? Opposite order. Yaakov says, Ushmarani baderach Hashem, and then v'nasan li lechem lechol vega lobosh. 
Why does Yaakov first ask for the Shmira before the Bracha? Unlike usually every day, by Berchas Kanim, we ask for Yivarecha Hashem, give us the Bracha, and then Vishmarecha. Why the switch in the order? So this time I gave you the Hebrew Refersh in source 11. The German is the original, so Hebrew or English doesn't make a difference, but here, the language is crucial because he's talking about the opposite orders. Benigo leberchas kohanim. Yivarecha v'yishmarecha hu maktim kan shmira lebracha. Says Rav Hirsch. Because we have to understand this. This Rav Hirsch is required reading for anybody who's about to go out to the business world. Or for all of us who, once we leave, when we leave yeshiva, this Rav Hirsch has to be on our refrigerator. What does Rav Hirsch say? Yaakov, right now, is entering the world. Up until now, he's been a Yoshev, Yoshev, Ishtam, Yoshev Ohalim. He asks for Shmira immediately. Why? Because when we go out there to the big, wide worlds, we need Shmira. He's not asking Shmira for his physical possessions, as is described in Birchas Khanim, Yivrach Hashem, Right, that's for, we want possessions, v'yishmerech, and then Hashem guard those possessions. Here, Yaakov's not talking about that. He's talking about his spiritual state. Yaakov has achieved so much being in Ishtam, Yoshevo Alim, and now he knows, Hashem anit shmira baderach hasher hu olech, dafka mipnei shahaya be'erom b'choser kol, from the time that Adam has gotten thrown out of Gan Eden, says Rav Hirsch. The curse of doesn't mean just physically we're going to have a difficult time making a living and making a parnasa. But included in that curse is also spiritual dangers. It's going to be hard for us. We'd be much safer if we didn't have to go out. But you know what? That's also a mitzvah. We have to support our family. We commit to that in the Ksuba. Right? It says a Beferish. So, says Rav Hirsch, part of the curse is that it's going to be physically challenging and very often spiritually challenging. And therefore, before anything, Yaakov asks for Shmira. Hashem, you got to help me out. Hashem, I need you to stay with me. Right, Yaakov, line 17. Says Rav Hirsch, because this is asking for a different bracha than was than we asked for in Birchas Kohanim, and that is why, says Rav Hirsch, the order is switched. Immediately before we go out, we have to ask for Shmira because when we're outside, very often it's not in the most safe environment for an Eved Hashem. And that's why he asks for Shmira immediately. Thought number one on the Shmira. Thought number two. Second idea on this Pasuk. Focusing on the other phrase in the Pasuk. If you were asking Hashem for a bracha, would that be how we phrase it? Hashem, please give me some clothing to wear and food to eat. That sounds pretty minimalistic. Could I please have food and clothing? A little extra is also good. Yaakov doesn't ask for any extra. Lechem lechol uveged lilbosh. We don't have time to read the whole thing, but Rabbeinu Bachai here develops his idea that life's not about motarot. 
Life's not about enjoyments and extras. Again, getting back to the first thought we said tonight. If it's all used, L'shem Shemayim, yes. But in general, his topkus bemuat, being sameach bechalkenu, and not having extras, that's what life's about. She'ela sadikim eis Hashem lo yishalu hamosaros, rakadavar ha'echrechi, bilvad, she'yefshalo lo'adam she'yechye baladav, whatever you need, ask for. Ubil yadua kinitias adam achar kvakashas hamosaros, hu gorem lo mumos rabos. When we have extra, as the Mishnah says, we've been quoting a lot of Mishnahis tonight, mar benachasim, mar bitaaga. The more we have so often, it leads us to negatives. And as he turns over, he says, we have to realize in life what we need and what we want. And if what we want can help us with what we need and serving Hashem, fine. But more than that, not. And then he says, amazingly, pointed out by others, but Rabbeinu Bachai quotes it at the end of 13. The more needed something is, the easier it is Hashem made for us. It's very hard to find jewelry and pearls. You have to search for it because you don't need it. It's much easier to find water because we need water. And it's even easier to find air because we need air the most. And if we need air the most, that is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us so much air because he knows we need it. That's what he says, unbelievably, on line 21. Water, you need more. Right? And then air, you need even more. And that's why Yaakov Avinu doesn't ask for extra. Because not being mistapek with what I have is part of being an Ever Hashem. Came up in the daf about two weeks ago, but there's really an amazing grub, and it's, I gave it to you all in source 14. Again, we're not have time to develop it now. Feel free to read the first part. This is about Aishas Chayil and the difference between things in life we could either try to do ourselves or we could wait and find it, and for the lottery to to hit us over the head. If you want something in life, you have to search for it. That's what the grub develops in the first half. But in the continuation, he. Relates to a Gemara, very well-known Gemara, in Bamatsiya Dafnutes of Tanr Shalachnai. Remember the Machlokes, Rabbi Lezer, and Rabbi Yaki, and Rabbi Yoshua, and Rabbi Lezer says, if I'm right, the tree will show that I'm right, and the char of the carob tree jumps 400 amos. And if I'm right, the water is going to start flowing upstream. And if I'm right, the walls of the base matters are going to start falling down. And all the Mepharshim ask on that Gemara, once the first part once the first raya didn't work, the tree flew through the air, and they said, don't bring me raya from trees. So why did he try the water? And why did he try the walls of the base Madish? And then ultimately from heaven. They, what, what's the symbol of the carob tree and the water and the walls of the base of Madrash? Says the Vilna Gon, there are three requirements to succeed in Avodah Hashem and to become a huge Talmud Chacham and to do what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. There are three requirements, and you need all three. Number one, he says, is exactly what Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar is talking about. His top goes bemuat. Not focusing on enjoyment so much that it's like a focus of my life. Okay, we could be comfortable, we could be, we could be relaxed. He's not saying to, to sleep on the floor. Maybe the gra is, but we're not relating that to us. His top goes bemuat, number one. Number two, says the gra, anava. Humility and realize that Kaddish Baruch Hu is in charge. Number three, shkida. Diligence, hard work in Torah. If I'm missing any of those three, 
so then I'm not going to succeed. The carob tree survives on very little water. That's why that was the one that Akadosh Baruch Hu put put outside the cave of Rashbi. The carob tree symbolizes just surviving with very little. His topka is b'muat. Water always symbolizes anava, symbolizes humility. Water flows downstream. Like we have to feel humble. And number three, the walls of the base measure symbolize shkida and diligence. All three. That's what Belazar is saying. All elements. I'm right. I, I've tried to focus on my diligence and on my humility. And ultimately they said, but still, but that's why those are the three that he picks. The first one is what Rabbeinu Bachai focuses on in our, in our uh, Parsha. Just one final point for the evening and then uh, we'll be able to dive. We have to talk about something related to the rest of the Parsha. We've been on the first Aliyah the entire night. So we know it. the rest of the parasha talks about Yaakov Avinu and he marries uh, Rachel and Leah and gives birth to 11 of the Shvatim in this week's parasha. And the famous question that the Ramban asks and answers is, how could Yaakov Avinu marry two sisters? Right? The Mishnah tells us at the end of Kiddushin. So how did he do it? Many different suggestions given. The one that the Ramban gives here and elsewhere, source number 16, we mentioned this a number of years ago, is that the Avos only kept the Torah in Eretz Yisrael. Right? Yaakov married two sisters in Chutzlaretz. Rachel died on the way back in. Amram married his aunt, Yaved, only in Chutzlaretz. All the Matzevas were built in Chutzlaretz. Right? They realized that this is a Kaddish Baruch Hu's palace, and this is where they should keep all of the, uh, all the mitzvahs. Okay. Ask Rabbi Yosef Engel. Ask Rabbi Yosef Engel. Teferis Yosef. They put together Rabbi Yosef Engel's Chidushim, and they put it on the Torah. So in the Teferis Yosef, ask Rabbi Yosef Engel. But doesn't the Gemara and Megillah tell us? Remember the Gemara there is talking about why we don't say Hallel on Purim. Says the Gemara, because it happened in Chutzla Aretz. Says the Gemara, but wait a minute. We say Hallel on Pesach. Yeah, but that's before they went into Eretz Yisrael. Before they went into Eretz Yisrael, you could say Halal on an ace of Chutzla Aretz. Asks Rabbi Yosef Engel. So doesn't that Gemara show that the Kedushas Haaretz and the special quality of Eretz Yisrael only came once we went into Eretz Yisrael? Once Yeshua bin Nun brought us in? Says the Rabbi Yosef Engel, no, no, no. In a certain sense, yes, maybe for the Chi of Halal. But there are so many other sources that Eretz Yisrael was sanctified and special and singled out and unique even before we went into Eretz Yisrael. Right, Avram Avinu says, maybe I wasn't zochet to children because the ten years were in Eretz Yisrael. Right, the Gemara in Yevamis. And may, there are many, many Chazals that we find we wanted to be buried uh, in Rosh Hashanah. goes through many of the Chazals. V'eschal gadol, Rashi quotes at the beginning of Lechacha. In Eretz Yisrael, that's where you're going to have the bracha. So yes, the Ramban is correct. Even though, yes, certain elements might not have started until later, but the uniqueness and the singularity of Eretz Yisrael starts from when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. Mimenu, Nivra HaOlam, right, Evan, right, the Evan that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world from, in Har, on Harabayas, Hashem, we should be Zochet to all of the Nisan that we spoke about, Bimher of Yemenu, to come back.